Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I'm your host, Barry. And back with me after a much-needed short... Well, you know what? I don't think you deserved it. He's back. It's Swan. I'm putting the hammer down, Swan. You didn't deserve your time off. Yeah, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I never do. No, nah, I'm, I'm kidding. You really needed that break. <laughs> life just hits you with a, a big hammer of things to do. Or a little tiny screwdriver. Hey, that'll mess you up too, man. <laughs> Which I just... <laughs> Where did, why do you have that? That's from when I was doing open heart surgery on the Zoom recorder. Okay. okay. Remember? Oh, wow. It... I basically just took out my screwdriver and hit it a couple of times and it worked. Yeah. <laughs> it's not totally inaccurate You're to have A regular that Tim the Tool Man. Something like that. Hi, hey, buddy. How are you? <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> I'm loopy, man. Yeah. Yeah, Let's we go. don't usually <laughs> record this late. No. And you know what? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, if you're new to the show, first of all, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. If you have not yet, please subscribe to the uh, channel, I guess, so that all of the new episodes pop up on your feed every week. Patreon.com slash podcast as well as where you can become a supporter of the show. And our Glen Karens are available at WhiskeyAmbitions.com. You just search for This Is My Bourbon Drinking Glass, and they're right there. They're super cool. People are buying them up. We got less than half of our stock. We got like a quarter of our stock left, actually. Yeah, there's only about 20. Yeah, that's awesome. So that means that we'll wind up getting another batch sometime soon. Sometime, Maybe, I, yeah. maybe in like, I don't know, four or five months. I don't want to like... Yeah. I don't want to do it too soon. And honestly, we have no idea how long it takes to get stuff from over there right now. Because we're ordering that is direct true. from Glen Karen, and that they is are true. taking their time. Yeah. And they have been for a while. I mean, Chad's been dealing with that off and on. Yeah. I mean, not just since the pandemic, but, you know. Yeah. It's it's a fun time. Yeah. We are going to talk a little bit about the pandemic as well in this episode. Mainly how it's affected us in whiskey. But we're not there yet. Don't get to edit yourself, Perry. I'm my own best life coach. Podcast coach? I don't know, man. We start each show out with Flying Blind. This week, Swan's got a thing in his glass, so I've got some of it in mine, too. What do you think? Uh, first off, it is dark. It is. It's very dark. It's really, really dark. Um, it's really like brown sugar forward as well. Yeah. It's got a nice like tea berry floating around in there as well. Man, this is just nice. It really is. It's like a spiced pie. Mm. Oh. Mm. Oh, yeah. Ooh, Got a nice depth of flavor. A little tobacco. Oh, yeah. A little black cherry. Mm. Some leather as well. Yeah. I've been really digging that kind of black cherry note recently. You know, I'm not surprised considering what you've been drinking recently, but we'll we'll get to that in the, yeah. in a minute. Yeah. Um, this has been one of the best things I've had in a long time. Is it this one here? It is that one there, okay. actually. So this is a wilderness trail pick that was done in collaboration with our friends at the Silver Dollar yeah. in Louisville, as well as new friends over at the breeze so it's a local wine bar actually here in lexington yeah. but they started in louisville they're at gray line station here in uh, in lexington which is this super cool new little uh, it's, it's kind of like a I, I don't even really know the best way to describe it it's almost like a mall but it's much more condensed than that 
and uh, it, it's it's awesome. What are you pointing to on the back there? 60 of 207. This is uh, a good amount of bottles for how dark this stuff is. Well, it's five and a half years old. Yeah. So, I mean, well, Still. I guess actually, since you bring it up, 207's a lot for for that. I mean, how old was Rifmus? Like four and a half? Yeah. And that was only like 160 bottles or something, yeah. 170? So, yeah, you're right. That is a great yield for that barrel. It is. And usually the real dark ones like this end up being some sort of like short yield. But, I mean, this is like substantially mm-hmm. darker than anything I've ever seen come out of Wilderness Trail. Yeah. So, five and a half years, 117 proof. Um, unfortunately, this doesn't exist anymore. Like, you can't go and find any more bottles of it. And that's my second. Why do you keep doing this to me? <laughs> you and everybody else. <laughs> I'm such a jerk. I realized that <laughs> like after the the live stream with Tell Me I'm Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that I do that all the time. Yeah. But here's the thing. Like, I didn't realize how much of a dick it made me look like well, until you brought it up. You brought it up on the stream, but the way that I've always said it is like I want people to try stuff that they wouldn't normally be able to get. But then they can't get it. And so they don't have the same mindset as I do. But you just put it in your own wording, like, perfectly. I want people to try stuff they normally cannot get. Right. So there's there's a circumstance in which somebody would potentially be able to get this, but it's not normal for them to get it. Yeah. This is impossible. (laughs) This is not not just out of the norm. Sorry. Right, I'm, just, I'm just gonna give everybody Jim Beam white label that I've stuck in a in a small <laughs> barrel for three months. It's 98% evaporated. Yeah. Jeez. No, I, honestly, it's great. I'm always down for a good pick. It's totally fine. I get it. But the guys from <laughs> the guys from Tell Me I'm Wrong are just genuinely starting some of them like a, a good bourbon journey. Like into they they want to have more than like a bottle or two at their house and that yeah. kind of thing. And you're just like, here's maybe some stuff you should expand into. Also, you can't get this. <laughs> so it just crushes them, man. <laughs> I feel so bad. And every and like you said it on like the second. No, I think it was on the first sample because I only yeah. gave them two for that stream. And then the second sample, they were like, oh, so it's something else we can't get. I was like, that gummit. Like, I did it again. I didn't mean to. (laughs) It's all good. I've been starting to, I used to do the same thing and still do on occasion, but uh, Four Rows of Small Batch Select is like my favorite thing to get. That's a great thing. Yeah. 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 Because it's usually like, why would I splurge on that, man? I've got these two, like three really fantastic offerings below this. Yeah. Why would I splurge on this? And as soon as you let people try it, they're like, oh, I get it. I get it. It's worth double the price of the regular. It's fine. Like, I I even, I, I'm i not going to stop sharing special stuff with people, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think I need to make a more concerted effort to find available things that are just as good as the allocated crap so that... You know, I can be like, oh, yeah, you can go get this for $45 or I would like to do an episode with Tell Me I'm Wrong where we have them back on and we give them four to five samples. One is actually bourbon. The other four are barrel aged or like bourbon barrel aged spirits. And I want them to list what they are. Oh, okay. So like barrel aged rum. 
uh, you know, barrel aged, like a, a really like barrel aged scotch, something. Yeah. Like just kind of branch out some barrel aged tequila <laughs> and just see if they can figure it out. Yeah. Because we're still new to this. They're yeah. still figuring stuff out. You, you know, it would be great. I would love to do that when we can actually all sit down together. Yeah. And it needs so, to probably be filmed too. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. So what we'll do is once this space gets cleared up a little bit and once everybody starts getting more vaccinated, mm-hmm. then we'll have everybody over here and we'll set up cameras and whatnot and try to convince them and torture them and make them think that they're going crazy. Yeah, it'd be great. Can we throw like Armagnac in there too? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Perfect. Brandy? Sure. Yeah. Well, Brandy's Josh's sister, so I don't oh. think we should do that. That's fine. <laughs> just just the Brandy from Copper and Kings, not not that Brandy. Brandy cut my hair today. Oh, nice. <laughs> what a great thing to have for a, <laughs> an audio medium. <laughs> Perry got a haircut today. A, podca- a little podcast anecdote. Yeah. Jeez Louise. Okay. Well, anyway. Should we talk about what we've been drinking recently? Yeah. Let's yeah. try to get this back on the road. You rails. go ahead. I have so much stuff to list. You have a lot of things that you need to... You need to talk about. Oh well, I well, 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 I just picked up the bottle today that we are going to be reviewing later on the Knob Creek single barrel, just straight off the shelf, mm-hmm. the nine year one hundred and twenty proof. Uh, so I'm excited to get into that. I don't know how that has evaded us all this time. Um, we just had picks. We're always on big on the picks. yeah, yeah. And and if if I want a Knob Creek single barrel, but I can't always afford a pick, and the the standard offering is on the shelf. I'll I'll get it because I do really enjoy it as is. Yeah. Now, of course, I do find the picks to be superior. Excuse me, but I think that the the regular offering, in and of itself, is quite good. I got a pick today. Did you? Yeah. We had it on sale for forty six ninety nine. Huh. I just picked it up. Um, it was downtown, that little liquor store on Main Street. That little liquor store on Main Street. Kind of sketchy looking. There's a couple of those. Yeah. You talk about the one that's next to uh, Shakespeare and Company? Yeah. Or what used to be Shakespeare and Company? Okay. Yeah. They have picks? They had a pick, and they had five bottles of it, and I got one. And they also had that three-chord Pinot Noir finish and some oh, other Oh, that's weird where you stuff. saw that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I went down there. They also had Weller 107 with no price tag. I'm like, I'm not going to ask. <laughs> no, I've, I've asked before, and I think it was like $150 to $200, yeah, if I remember I correctly. I don't know. Yeah. Um. I don't go to that store. <laughs> Dude, some of their prices are Ever. dumb competitive, and then others yeah, yeah, yeah. are just, what are you doing? Well, it's the allocated stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's how it is anywhere you go that's, you know, I and I've noticed this much more with newer liquor stores that, you know, they're, and it's unfortunate because in some ways they are kind of thinning out the, the herd in terms of who's going to get the bottles that everybody's been searching for and craving, but at the same time, I mean... The free market is capitalism, yada yada yada. Whatever. I think that'll be good to bring up on today's little topic. <laughs> it will for yeah, sure because that got for affected sure. big time. Yeah. So uh, I'm trying to think because I know there have been a couple of things. Been- oh, I went hunting a couple of weeks ago just for the heck of it. I finally found Rebel 100 again. Haven't seen it anywhere in Lexington in forever, and I found it in Richmond. Oh. At multiple locations. I saw it like three times the other day. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. You just let me know, man. I don't do as much hunting on it anymore, honestly. And and Richmond was one of those places where nine times out of ten you would walk into a place and you'd be surprised by what you found. Yeah. Like and and 
you know, eight out of those 10 times you would be not paying for it because <laughs> secondary prices are skyrocketed or yes. whatever. Like I went to one store and I think I talked about this on last week's episode with uh, Jay from Whiskey Raiders or Take Reviews, T-A-K-E. Mm-hmm. Really good episode. I don't know if you listened to it or not. I haven't yet. You should. It's it, on my queue right now. It was a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> kind of one of those interview styles that I want to adopt a little bit more of mm-hmm. in the future where, and, it, and I, I don't know if it was just the chemistry that Jay and I had, but it was a very easy conversation. Nice. So, uh, unfortunately it's not performing that well <laughs> and I want to be very upfront because something happened when I exported the first file and it only spit out like three quarters of the full, uh, full episode. That'll and do so it. now it's doing like over 50% worse than what most episodes do you'll have them some weeks man yeah it's just frustrating anyway um but i i walked into one of those stores and they had an e.h taylor single barrel on the shelf nice and it was 150 dollars. still not the worst price i've ever seen no but i still can't justify it no i think i picked one up for you one time at right at 100 and that was like it was it was fine it's like 90 or single barrel yeah oh yeah that was a whole other debacle yeah. We'll talk about on the main feed. Yeah, I made a mistake. That's all I'm gonna say about it. So tell me about what you've been drinking recently, because you've really gone off the beaten just, path here. Just branched out, flapping yeah. your wings in a whole different oh, direction. Some of it I've not even mentioned to you yet. I've had oh, snap. Okay, that's, that's something had, you want to hear from somebody some that you trust. Local white wines. <laughs> I've had some oh, uh, some just like some Bordeaux, some uh, Pinot Noir, some Reds. Huh. Um, the, we did a meeting at work, and I had. Th- probably 30 different wines and spirits in one sitting um and of course it's you know like swish and spit and go back to your day job after but man it's it's a lot to taste at once uh some tequila i've had quite a bit of tequila recently um Mm. and then a ton of scotch yes you have had a ton of scotch yes you brought a scotch over to my house today and it felt like sacrilege but at the same time i also have been enjoying scotch recently yeah so i can't totally knock you it's one of those things where like i've developed an appreciation and i mean i i do get some joy from drinking scotch from time to time as well but i would much prefer that i'd be drinking bourbon so yeah it's just kind of a situational thing um this uh this balvenie tasting set has been sitting on my bar since I don't know, November? <laughs> yeah, I'm about to just take it home, man. Please don't, because I want to do it on a live stream. <laughs> um, but here's the best part about it, is like I think people are apprehensive from switching yeah. from bourbon to scotch, not because they dislike the flavor, but because they know that if I say I've got 120 bottles of, of bourbon, yeah. the second I buy one scotch and i bring it into my house and i admit that i like it and i want to keep it on my shelf i've opened a whole new floodgate yeah i'm gonna bring home 20 scotches within the month like it's just a problem well and and scotch is inherently i mean single malt scotches especially are so much more expensive than than bourbon is they can be i picked one up for 21 bucks the other day that's pretty good oh really yeah they it's Hmm. it's one of those deals where they can be now the ones that are like Buffalo Trace kind of yeah. like fame and th- yeah. those yeah they get pricey they get pricey fast yeah I, I it's just it seems like for the most part scotch is just more expensive so it is 
It is. But so I, I think I'm going to limit my purchases of I'll alcohol. Just, uh, to... <laughs> I'll just let you mooch off mine, see what you like. <laughs> I'm not too upset about that. I'll talk about yeah. a, a wine, too, actually, that I've really enjoyed recently and has kind of turned into, uh, I would say, almost like our house red wine. Um, barrel Heist from Trader Joe's. Yeah. It's a bourbon barrel-aged red wine. Um, I don't think it's a... I, I think it's like a red blend. Or something. Yeah, they but, do a pretty good one called Two Buck Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just like whatever they had laying around, they just blend together some sort yeah. of wine. This and I mean this this has a really fancy looking label uh-huh. and everything. Um but it, it I think it's only like twelve dollars. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe twelve dollars. Um and it's really, really good. Um I drank a lot more wine before I got into bourbon and I mean, not like to the point where I knew <laughs> as much about it as I do with bourbon. Yeah. But anyway, like I, I just, you know, I still have a, a an affinity for it. Yeah. Just, it doesn't always sit with me. No, it doesn't. Well. Me either. And and let me tell you, the worst hangovers I've ever had and the easiest drunks I've ever had have been when I've combined bourbon and, and red wine. Like, it sends me quickly. I don't think I want to experience that. <laughs> but just once, uh, just once, so you can understand what I did, what it is I'm actually talking about. Yeah, that that might be enough of something other than bourbon talk, though. Because <laughs> we went we went off the rails this past couple of weeks. Yeah, we did, we did. We do really want to talk about um, the the way that the pandemic has influenced the bourbon community and yeah. us as a podcast uh, over the past year, because this is really the the week or you know. The first couple of weeks of the anniversary of <laughs> anniversary is said not in a lovingly way. Let no. me let me be very clear. No, um, but th- this is right when people started taking things seriously, and when Curtis, you and I started to realize that we needed to record remotely, so just you know we could do our part and be safe, and you know in many ways, I feel like our efforts paid off because I didn't get sick. Yeah. My family didn't get sick. Curtis didn't get sick. You got sick, but that wasn't because you were reckless. That was just a total. I have a very high exposure job. You do. But, but even still, this wasn't on the job. It was a total fluke that, that just, you weren't even seeing coming at you until yeah. it was right there. No, I was a family member, and there's no yeah. reason to out them, but, you know. Yeah, just, no, of course, of yeah, course. It, it just, was an accident. They, they had no idea, and, like, even the two to three days after exposure that I was apparently contagious, uh-huh. I went to work because I, I felt completely fine. I yeah. had no issue. And then the first day that I had even a semblance of a cough, I'm like, I'm going to go at least get tested, and sure <laughs> enough. but And you called me early. Yeah. That morning, too. And you're like, hey, uh, so <laughs> just so you're aware. Yeah. Might be something to look out for. And I was like, okay. Yeah. But thankfully, I came over literally after being exposed and we recorded. Yeah. Um, And I had had a shower in between because I had gone to the gym as well between that. <laughs> and uh, I just happenstance was good to go. Fresh clothes, no exposure, came over, wasn't sick till or contagious until about 24 hours after we recorded. Yeah. So yeah. That's nice. Either way, um, this pandemic has put a whole new spin on 
on bourbon mm-hmm. and us. So it's been it's been an interesting year. I'm curious to see what your perspective is because I've had a little more hands-on, I guess, with some of the people that drink bourbon and how it's kind of impacted them and what people buy now, what that they didn't used to. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, what what exactly has it done to you at home? So a couple of things. Um, and I, I'll, I'll talk about this in regards to a couple of couple of different aspects first and foremost um being home more and (laughs) just having a lot more free time yeah has gotten me to where i just will more casually be like no i'll just have a drink you know and it's i it's not that (laughs) it's turned me into an alcoholic but it has turned me into just a more passive drinker, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. And in in that same vein, and, and almost kind of looking at it from the other side, I have also been more conscious of what it is that I'm drinking, right? So the big thing at the start of the pandemic was 60% alcohol by volume can, you know, fight coronavirus because it, you know, will attack the, uh, the germs in the back of your throat. And, you know, that, that was the, that was the, the thing the, they the kind almost, of threw out there. Yeah. It was kind of pseudoscience. Yeah. Um, whether or not that's true, I don't know. I didn't get sick, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm not saying that I drank 60% every day, but, I did drink it a lot more frequently, yeah. right? So in in some ways, I treated it treated it more like uh, medicinal than I guess I ever had before. Yeah, right. Um, you can pour more of that Wilderness Trail if you want to. Uh, I might. I got yeah. a good little selection going here. Yeah, on my you do. Table. You do. Uh, not one of those though. What is it? You don't want to drink one of those that's on that. Oh table. no. Sorry, liquor barn. <laughs> uh, we'll not talk about that anyway. Yep. Um, but it, it was also, I, I mean, maybe like a coping mechanism. I don't know. But yeah. here's, here's the thing. I also see, as many of us do, a light at the end of the tunnel with vaccinations. I'm not saying that things are going to be completely um, fixed. Or back to normal, but I will, I will be a lot less anxious and a lot less likely to reach for such high proof stuff. Yes. Once I get fully vaccinated, and as of recording, tomorrow I will be getting my first dose. Yeah. So, you know, it it's again, it's not. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm also trying to say this to like convince people, but like it truly did not turn me into an alcoholic. I don't feel like I needed to survive, but I do feel like I, you know, am, am using it as again a coping mechanism, which in some ways is like not the healthiest thing in the world. But yeah, but you know, I mean, you you also got to realize most people's perspective of us is they only listen to us as we're drinking. Yeah, exactly. So it's exactly it's, it's hard for people to kind of put together. 
oh, okay, they record once a week and they probably drink like twice a week. Yeah. Like it's, it just, it is what it is. Yeah. And let me be very clear too. It shows. <laughs> it, it shows on me too, it's, man. I put on a good 20 pounds since the pandemic started. Oh, that's all? Yeah. That's all? I, look, I sincerely, um, this is getting a little bit more meta than we probably, and a little bit more inside baseball than we normally do, but um, it's funny because I, you know, while I'm trying to in some ways take care of myself, but in other ways trying to, you know, allow myself to cope, um, I just, I have not worked out really at all in the past year um, to have gone basically from working out three days a week to none at all, you know, and the big thing for me is like, I need the the cardio aspect to really get in the, primarily for me when I work out, it's for weight loss. I'm not always going in for bulking or gaining, gaining muscle mass and that is part of it, but you know, by going to a gym where the equipment is provided for you to, in a, you know, a, a controlled space, do cardio and then go and do strength exercises and still do high rep and everything, um, that just totally went away. It did, yeah. And you, you also got to look at this, too. Like, Kentucky was aggressive at the beginning of the shutdown, so literally yeah. the entire, yeah. entirety of the summer parks were closed yeah mm-hmm. you couldn't even go run at a park you couldn't yeah. go walk on a walking track and i'm not a runner either yeah you i mean like <laughs> you could not do anything it was yeah. aggressive and at the beginning of the pandemic everyone applauded our current governor on kind of his more aggressive action things got weird but either way uh as things slowly started to reopen it got cold it was it was already yeah. getting cold no one wants to go yeah. you know run at the park when it's 20 degrees well and uh, from personal experience, too, part of that around that same time is when uh, my daughter was born. Yes. So you also had one of those. Yeah. So I'm not spending as much time getting out of the house or, um, or, or doing things that are more I, I, recreational, I guess, is the word that I would use. But at the same time, working out and exercising is not so much recreational as much as it is self care mm-hmm. uh, for me. But, um, I will say this, I've had a really good relationship with others in the community blossom over the past year, Yeah. Um, whether it's been through new listeners or the YouTube community growing, which again, I know I've been saying this for a few weeks now, but YouTube is the next big thing uh, that I want to tackle over the rest of the year. So that's videos that's you know more high quality live streams and content and and stuff like that so yeah um you know just just having the support oh and stuff like the day of live streams which was a year ago today as of Mm -hmm. recording which is nuts but that was kind of that kicked off a lot of good stuff not just from us it did yeah it was a whole new format Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think I think it kind of even blossomed into like that uh, almost Sims reality world kind of conference. Oh, the, you guys did. the repeal day expo. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It really kind of set some ideas for a lot of people. And granted, they probably took a very minuscule idea of just hey, we're gonna get some people together and do a stream into that kind of thing. Yeah. But it was it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, it happened Absolutely. quick right after. Yeah. Um. So I mean, like to to wrap my side of it up, and we'll we'll definitely talk about this more here soon because 
I I think that there's a deeper conversation to be had about what this means for the future of the podcast as well. But what what how have you felt like it's affected you and and what are the big changes that you've also gone through uh, over the past year? Me personally, it didn't affect me a whole lot. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I'm a very uh introverted person. <laughs> you still had to go to work too. And I Worked my ass off yeah. this pandemic. You really did. I I did. I I was n- not necessarily laid off. I was put on hold indefinitely by my my job that I held at the beginning of the pandemic, um, and there wasn't much of a future for that job because they literally at the time were having me go out and canvas for something that was going to eliminate my position. So it was kind of a weird spot to that's be in. Rough. Dude, yeah, that's, that is rough. <laughs> it was a little strange. Uh, <laughs> You know, but I, I really liked it. It was very convenient. I could walk to work. It was the first time I've ever yeah. been able to do that. I left my car parked and moved it so I didn't get a ticket for street cleaning once a month. That was the most I did. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I had just moved in with Diane. I, I was loving it. Unfortunately, I got laid off, went back to Kroger because there was a big call to action, at least here in Kentucky, for pickup services. So I went back and did that, and I was working And a, you killed it, yeah, by the way. I, I thought I did well with it. Well, and I'll, I'll, I'll speak to that. Uh, you went into stores who either were not equipped to handle the volume of pickups that were being required of folks at the time. They were or, having issues with getting stuff done. Or yeah. stores that just didn't have it together in general. And, I mean, this wasn't just in Lexington. You were doing this all across Kentucky for a little bit. I Mostly Lexington, yeah. yeah. I, I helped a few stores outside of Lexington. Yeah. But, I mean, you were turning around stores that had, like, a... I mean, they were doing what, like maybe ten pickups a day to like seventy. Yeah, my first store was doing uh, fourteen. Or yeah. no, I'm sorry, twenty six, twenty six in a day, and uh, in two two to three weeks, we moved it up to one hundred and fifty six. Yeah, see that that's, and I apologize, I didn't mean to diminuate what it was you were doing. But yeah, th- I mean that that is a huge, huge change for a store to you know, and and. Kudos to you as well, man, for you know stepping up and realizing that that needed to be addressed and overhauled during that period, especially while so many people were flailing and going, "I don't know what to do. I don't know how I'm going to survive." Yeah. And so, I mean, in in many ways, you know, it, it it and you have to look at things in microcosms as well, you know, and you have to be aware that your actions, while they might not affect the greater world at large, your community still relies heavily upon what you do, right? Yeah. And so you did a really, really awesome job at trying to help your local community, our local community, by upping how how quickly and how efficiently the essentials were delivered to people. Yeah, it was, it was nice, man. It was rewarding. But, I mean, I going back to the original thing, like, I... I just, I worked the entire pandemic. Yeah, yeah. I really didn't have too much difference other than wearing a mask on a 10 hour shift is difficult at times, <laughs> but I mean, that's especially as it was getting hot. Yeah. Yeah. At one point my uniform was long pants and a mask in 90 degree weather. It was, uh, it was rough, but again, I mean, it, it was nice. I worked yeah. the entire time. I didn't really do much at home i played a lot of video games i continued to work out and try to take care of myself and i i drank a little more sparingly at the beginning of the pandemic towards the end of it 
Ah, not so much. <laughs> it's been a more like try a little bit of everything. I yeah. started my job at Total Wine. Yes. And it was just like, hey, man, I know you really like bourbon, but you have to know the whole story. You have to start learning other spirits. And they, they definitely give you the opportunity to try other spirits. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and, and wine is a huge thing. I mean, any tasting that goes on in the store, you're allowed to take 10 minutes and go over and try the stuff. Anytime. Beer vendors, whiskey vendors that come in, tequila, vodka, it doesn't matter. Have you gotten to the point where you appreciate or like beer a little bit more? Yes and no. Yeah. I don't like the hoppy stuff that much. I've, I, that's that's the first thing that people write off. Yeah. So I'm not entirely surprised. But that's that's mostly just because I genuinely don't care for the the flavor of it. Yeah, I, sure, of course. I just I I liked the the more seasonal releases that are just more fitting for what my palate wants at that time of the year. Yeah. So I mean, I, I there's a whole market for that, obviously. So I'm not alone. <laughs> uh, but that's kind of what I've enjoyed a little bit. Um, what about like the more stock standard like lagers or light beers mm, they're fine yeah i mean my the first one that i tried that i was like i would buy a six pack of this was the new belgium accumulation i liked that one pretty well i don't know anything about that actually it was fine it's a very light beer just easy oh, to drink wait was that um is that one of their winter releases yep i actually tried that yeah. i i had that at uh, mom and dad's a couple weeks ago yeah it's really good it's pretty good stuff. it's a it's a lighter hop yeah but it it is yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It, it's weird because it is, like, released as a winter beer, but it almost drinks like it'd be better during the summer. Yeah, you I know? liked it. So, yeah, I'm happy to hear that. I do want to um, kind of surprise you at some point with some... Uh, I've not gone <laughs> some to Bourbon County stouts. heavy stout stuff yet, but I'll get there. Yeah, I, um, know, I know. But I started at Total Wine, which kind of... Leads me into the next topic is not necessarily how the pandemic affected us, but how it affected consumers, bourbon and yeah. bourbon drinkers. Yeah. Uh, that part has been wild. What What have you noticed? So also, I really like that you have flipped this on me and you've posed this yeah. to me before I'd normally pose it to you because um, I, I, I think I've seen it in different aspects than you have for sure yeah um because i was i I mean it it was more common for me to go to hangouts or go to bottle shares or you know somebody said hey why don't you come over for a drink or or something and you know i it's not that i was like doing it constantly but it was still a part of the community and i would still you know even with like chad and sarah you know yeah going over and and bringing a bunch of bottles but as people started to realize that it wasn't going to be what it normally was of course you know they latched onto the zooms or the google hangouts or Mm -hmm. or whatever and um you, you came out of the pandemic one of two ways you either realized that you were an introvert or you were an extrovert you know and i while i do thrive off of the company of other people and in the right circumstances, it can be the most fun, exciting, inspirational moments for me. Um, it has also given me the chance to, to realize and appreciate how much I love time to myself, mm-hmm. you know, and how much I 
truly, truly enjoy just getting a half an hour to be quiet and read or play video games or I played a lot of video games. Yeah, you got a switch and you went nuts. I did. I actually got the switch um, the Christmas before and it basically kind of sat dormant for about four months. Like I had a couple of games downloaded and I would play it every now and then, but it really wasn't until about April that let's be real it it wasn't until animal crossing it wasn't until but even still i was a month late to animal crossing yeah so it it, yeah but in many ways that kicked off my reignition of passion for video games and love for video games and um even at one point thinking about oh maybe i'll do a twitch channel you know, yeah. like I, I, I don't know if that's a reality anymore and I would love for it to be, but I just don't, I got so many other things going on, man. If yeah. I'm going to do the YouTube channel the way that I want for it to be while also live streaming on YouTube and doing the podcast and trying to raise a kid and spend time with my wife, like I just can't, I can't justify another outlet of content. Yeah. And you also you know? got to look at the rules and regulations for Twitch. Cause I'm pretty sure if you stream on uh, YouTube and Twitch simultaneously, they actually flag your account. Oh, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, like stuff like streaming yeah. on multiple platforms and sharing the content on multiple platforms. Usually Twitch cracks down on that stuff hard. Well, you can save streams from Twitch and upload them to YouTube. Yes. I know I know that full well, but yeah, you can't you can't do it at the same time. But it wouldn't be that. It would be a dedicated Twitch stream just to Okay. Play video games. Yeah. And again, like a YouTube live stream for bourbon typically lasts an hour. Mm-hmm. Video game live streams typically last at least two, two and a half, three hours. Yeah. Right? Because nobody sits down <laughs> with, with an audience like that for one hour and accomplishes enough in a video game to be like, all right, guys, see you next week or in two weeks. Yeah. Because that's, that's nothing. I mean, an hour of gameplay anymore is just nothing. Yeah, it's enough to begin the immersion. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I I had to kind of reason with myself and go, now is really not the time. And it very well might never be the time for me to do something like that. Uh, it, and again, especially if I have all these other ventures that will probably be more beneficial to me yeah. than trying to integrate two different communities you know, and and I probably could have a really fun time and a really good community built around drinking bourbon and playing video games, yeah. but I, it's just not, it's not within the scope of reality for me at the moment. Well, you also got to look. I mean, our YouTube community has, uh, and and rightfully so, kind of rallied around somebody else that's already playing video games. Yeah, it's Clifton. Clifton. <laughs> yeah. Clifton yeah. this past year has just blown up, man. Yeah, absolutely. He is doing anything and everything uh, YouTube and video game related, and yeah. it is fantastic. You know, if if I had, if I were able to sustain a day of work that didn't involve a standard nine to five, mm-hmm. then maybe yeah, I could probably justify something like that. Like if you know everything blew up the way that I would like for it to, and yeah, I mean I do want this to be full time, at the end of it all, but in in many regards, it's just I can't I can't spend twenty hours out of the day, yeah, basically away from 
my family. But I mean, again, though, with Clifton blowing up and his yeah. channel, if you want to check yeah, it yeah. out, it's Bourbon Bites, but Bites is spelled B-Y-T-E-S. Yeah. Um, if you're not already watching his stuff, I mean, he... We if can, you're listening to us, you're, you're probably watching Clifton. Yes, or, or know of <laughs> Clifton. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, that's an outlet that he's invited us to go on a mm-hmm. couple of times at least and i'm sure in the future if you're getting that kind of creative itch we can have him on this and you vice versa so i mean oh yeah absolutely so i mean that you you've got you've literally you know kind of festered a little bit of community that's latched on to somebody that's going to allow you to do that on occasion yeah absolutely it, for, so for sure and um you know a, a lot of that too that i was feeling was like it, it, I do this thing where it's like, I want a part of that. I want to be a part of that, you know? Yeah. And, and it's just not something that I can, I can facilitate. So that, that's all it is. But, um, back, back to what I was saying initially, I apologize for the, the tangent, but I just had, I've talked about it off and on. So I wanted to kind of give people an update, but I just have appreciated so much the ability to expand, not just, the bourbon community as a whole and get to meet new people in the larger community. But just as people have discovered the podcast during the pandemic and as they've kind of come into these spaces and, you know, we've added people to the group or to our our hangouts or Patreon or, or whatever. I've really seen that (laughs) we're still at the height of bourbon. Yeah. Even during a pandemic where you're not seeing anybody in person, we are still finding a way to keep the love of it alive and still finding a way to build the community. Yeah. And that is truly beautiful to me. And I'm not trying to get flowery or anything, but I find that so inspiring and so invigorating as well to keep doing this and to look further down the line to introduce more live shows and to introduce more events. And, and I really want to do something like, and I'm not, I'm not saying this to try to steal their idea. People have done this before too, but something like whiskey weekend from the podcast where, yeah, we do all kind of get together for a weekend and we share bottles and we enjoy each other's company and there's great food and great moments. And we just hang you know, I want to do that. I want to build the the podcast community and eventually, and it is in the works, I've been talking about it forever, but launch the network. You know, that's been, I think the biggest thing for me is that I have been allowed to step back, see what's in front of me and then go, I'm going to be creative with this. And I'm going to do something that I feel like can truly be beneficial, not just to us, but to the community at large. Yeah. And I am so excited for getting the network off the ground. That, I think, has been the thing that I have been the most excited about during all of this, is seeing that I can I can do that. <laughs> I don't think the network is something that I would have to you know, be as like, and I, I will be very dedicated to it. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like it's going to take me away from everything for hours, like a Twitch channel would. Yeah. You know, so that, that's kind of where I am right now. I just think that this community has been so welcoming and so cool during all of this. And I just, I, that first meetup that we get to have with everybody 
once we're, you know, realistically able to, mm-hmm. is going to be incredible. There's going to be tears. There's going to be hugs. There's going to be fist fights. Maybe a bear. I'm thinking about the bear. We're going to put the bear on a Timbip skateboard as well. Probably a swan. It's going to get wild. Oh, bear swan fight. Bear swan fight. Swan bear fight. Yep. Who do you think would win? A swan Definitely bear or swan. a bear swan? Swan's oh, going to fly away. You're not listening to me. No. Oh. A swan bear or a bear swan? Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. I have not. Also, I just realized that I'm bear bear and you're swan, so I just yeah. named the things that we are characters. Anyway. Yeah. Same question to you. How have you seen the, the consumer side of it as well <laughs> as the community? So mine's a little bit a bit more ugly than yours. Oh, fantastic! I'm gonna I'm gonna ruin I'm ruining the good <laughs> vibes here. Are you ready? So at the beginning of the pandemic, I noticed a ton of people coming in saying, "Where's the Maker's Mark? Where's the Woodford?" Yeah, it's just your classic bourbon drinkers. They come in, they get their bourbon, their Coke, they leave. Uh, I mean that that was the majority of shoppers, uh, and I I've seen that. Uh, when I when I started even back at Kroger, people would go into the liquor store and they would restock the Woodford and the Makers and the Bullet like four or five times a day. Yeah. Um, and then when I started at Total Wine, that was the case when I first started and I'm starting to see a shift. People are really starting to know their stuff. Uh, and it's it's not... It's not a good thing uh, all the time. I'm going to be honest with you. Because people are coming in left and right, and they've done that internet search of what's the best bourbon I can get. And some article has said, it's Blanton's. It's Weller. It's E.H. Taylor. It's anything Buffalo Trace. I mean, they are coming in in just absolute hordes asking for this stuff. And I feel like they should all have the chance to try it. At least in Lexington, the drive to Frankfurt to go get it at the distillery that it's pretty frequently offered at is not that bad. Um, and, you know, I, I I think that's perfect. People are going to get the opportunity to try this stuff. But as you pointed out, people have really started to learn, you know, their secondary pricing on this stuff. The yeah. secondary market is getting weirder and weirder to navigate. Yeah. It's, uh, it's intense. There's, there's a lot for these bourbon drinkers that are making that next step into trying stuff to, to learn very quickly um, without spending a, hopefully a ton more money on bottles that they don't really need to spend. Do you, do you feel like people are getting more disenfranchised with bourbon? I feel like people are starting to get, the people that have been drinking bourbon are starting to get frustrated and they're, you know, they're actually shifting back to more of the maker's Woodford mentality of, sure. I'm going to grab what I know, I'm going to have a couple of good bottles, and I'm going to be happy with that. And I've said it on here before, I'm going to grab my Knob Creek pick, and my Russell's pick, and I'm going to be a happy man, and I'm going to leave it alone, unless something just genuinely interests me. Yeah. Um, and I, I have done that for the most part, kind of delved into scotch and tried a few other things. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that brings me into the next big point is I think distilleries have also noticed that people are getting kind of hip to the, oh, it's just MGP. Oh, it's just Dickel. Oh, it's just this. So I, I've seen an, uh, three quart is a fantastic example of this. Um, and there's many, many more that have done the exact same thing. The finishing market is blowing up. 
toasted finishes are getting big. Yeah. Uh, Dune types of wine finishings are getting big. Rum cask finishings getting huge. People are really starting to take the Jefferson's approach of just having an infinite amount of interesting offerings and just spreading it across their entire line. I've seen more and more blending programs instead of single barrel programs pop up. It's starting to get to the point where they're having trouble capturing the attention of people because they know that, you know, that these a lot of these bourbon drinkers are like they're they're giving up on finding the unicorns and stuff, so now they need a yeah. affordably priced, finished or interesting product. Are you floating the idea that something like Weller Antique 107 or Blanton's might now be categorized as a unicorn? So, uh, yes. I think it's getting to the point that that's going to be stuff that is either going to be extremely difficult to find even on secondary or it's going to get to the point that the prices are so ridiculous you might as well buy an actual unicorn bottle of your own uh that's fair and and i mean i I mean i'm not trying to like say it's impossible to get because you're still going to have that mom and pop that's doing the right thing and putting it out for 60 70 bucks max because they got to make some money on it and it's you know at that point sure i'll jump on it uh but i mean as you pointed out in our pre-game you know there's also ones that are putting it for 150 200 on their shelf and it's yeah. a museum piece yeah um it, it's just strange i've seen a lot of people jump on this bourbon train and get a little more experimental throughout the the pandemic and there's a lot of people that have gotten way more comfortable with having more bottles at their house um instead of just one or two um so it's i had a lot of bottles beforehand but yeah. i've got <laughs> just a crap load more now yeah and and let me be fair too towards the beginning of the pandemic i was drinking through stuff i mean anything that had like a couple ounces left or you know it was like even like some of the special things like i just was kind of like i you know i don't i don't know if it was like i had a bad day or i was feeling a little down needed something special to kind of lift the spirits or or what but i just uh you know i wasn't as careful i guess with some of those special offerings yeah and that being said i still got plenty of bourbon that i you know will last me a long time but in the in that same vein i I got rid of a lot of flash craig barrel proof and a lot of bookers yeah (laughs) i don't have a single bookers anymore (laughs) yeah it's uh I I just I've had an interesting time being at a, a liquor store and physically seeing yeah. that transition. It's been very interesting. Yeah, and and you know we, it, it's funny because we went from kind of atmospherically talking about liquor stores and people's shopping trends. Yeah. To actually having somebody on the show who sees it firsthand. Yeah, and, and that's a major, major shift in terms of understanding how the market is working. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting because uh, I mean you've even seen it with Heaven Hill this past couple of weeks. Oh, absolutely. I mean they decided, hey, we're finally going to do Elijah Craig barrel proof releases for picks. Yeah. Um, I thank mean, you, Heaven Hill. Exactly. Thank you so much. Ah. Three Chord has mentioned that they're going to be doing both blending and I think offering six to seven different finishing options. Fantastic. And making a finished option part of their main line. Um, I mean, I've seen it with High West. How many picks have they put out in Banyol's barrels and all sorts of other kind of finishings this yeah. year? Also, I bought my first ever bottle of High West 
Yeah. You know, this past year. But that's because they didn't capture your attention until they were doing some crazy stuff. Now, that is true. And, I mean, it was also a product of the fact that it was an American Prairie bourbon that was finished in the same... Is that the, the... believe it's the midwinter's night dram barrels yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's what i was gonna say i did want to misspeak and say that it was the same barrels that you were just talking about there yeah um but yeah i mean i love midwinter's night dram Mm -hmm. midwinter night's dram there we go (laughs) and i kind of have always been a little bit iffy with something like american prairie so this just kind of seemed like the perfect opportunity to cross those bridges and to be quite frank freaking worked yeah. It absolutely knocked it out of the absolutely, park. Absolutely, man. Um, New Lou's doing offerings like crazy, uh-huh. all sorts of different finishings. People are really starting to grab up like Armagnac, brandy barrels, that kind of thing to do finishing in. I mean, it's going to get very reminiscent of scotch here pretty soon with the level of yeah. double oaked finishings, filtering, yeah. unfiltering. I mean, it's just, it's going to be interesting. I'm excited for it. I am too. And I... I do <laughs> what I'm about to say is twofold. Part one, I do know that it's easy to get cynical about this, and in many ways, I can be too. Yeah, but the second part of it is we got to try not to be, you know. Yeah. I mean, we've we have had so much negativity that we've had to deal with over the past year, and this isn't just to you, this is to everybody. Like, we need to be very diligent in the way that we talk about the community and approach the community and invite people into the community. And I'm not saying that we're trying to exclude anybody. I'm saying that we should be willing to build it up in positive ways. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think the biggest thing that I have seen negatively over the past year and probably 90% of it is just from the fact that I'm online more than I have been ever. Yeah. Is just the people who are trying to knock others for their love of a certain brand. I I can you know so I'm guilty of this for sure. Yeah, because I I I grew up down the street from Buffalo Trace. It doesn't seem that that's, special to that's me. That's the prime example. It doesn't That's the seem prime like example. yeah. It doesn't seem like it's that special to me. I've had most of their offerings. I've had other limited offerings from yeah. other distilleries, and I've had just like four rows of small batch, which is on the shelf every day and gets overlooked. And I got somebody coming in asking, "Hey, do you have any E. H. Taylor?" And I'm like, "No, but I have this." And they're like, "I don't want that. I want E. H. Taylor." Yeah. And they walk out, and it's it's frustrating uh, because they want to try it, they want to have it, or maybe they want to have a whole case of it, and that's just what they yeah. like to drink. And I, I shouldn't get frustrated, um, but I mean, there's so many posts on how did I do? Look at how much I spent for this, and you, you, it it's immediately puts you in that like negative thought. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it, it shouldn't. Uh, but I mean, if that's what they like to drink, that's what they like to drink. They mm-hmm. should literally be able to go buy a Pappy Twenty Three for four thousand dollars and then mix it with Coke if they want to. Absolutely. They should be able to. Yep. And uh, half of our listeners just cringed. <laughs> <laughs> but they should be able to. I mean, to be quite fair, a part of me did too, just thinking about the math behind that. Yes. But at the same time, I didn't spend that money. Yeah. Somebody else did. Yeah. It's, it is so far out of my scope of responsibility that 
if if I'm gonna sit behind my computer and be a keyboard warrior, then I'm not doing anything than trying to encourage a, a, a gatekeeping or a level of elitism that, quite frankly, I'm sick of. It's not worth you it. You know, no. I, I'm so over it. And I know that it's, you know, every now and then fun to have a laugh, but it's so incessant now. And I don't know if that's a product of our political climate or just how people have become entitled to their opinions over the past year. Yeah. But I can't keep seeing this crap and thinking, that's fine. No, the only <laughs> the only one that I'm I'm allowing personally <laughs> is when people put an S at the end of products. <laughs> okay, here's the one. Okay, I'll give you that. Here's my thing. Um, the the unnecessary and unrealistic hype that has come from the Heaven Hill six year green label. Yeah. Recently, because it's not going away. Bernie Lovers confirmed it. Stop selling it for eight times the price. <laughs> People are morons. Stop doing that. That's that's not okay. That's I and I have posted evidence. I've posted my text messages with Bernie. Yeah. Where he said it's not going away, only the handles are going away. And people are still like, hey, here's a whole case of it for four hundred dollars. That's rough. I just want to punch a hole through my computer, which is not solving anything, but that's the level of I frustration. Think everyone's allowed to have a pet peeve. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's fine. Well, I think that's what it's boiling down to here, is everyone's allowed to have a pet eh, peeve. fine. If you want to complain about people selling Buffalo Trace stuff on secondary, that's fine. Yeah. But it's that's that <laughs> just has to totally, be your pet peeve, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I just totally destroyed my entire argument. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, but I mean, that's specific, like, Podcaster general, owns himself in forty-five seconds. Yeah, I, I think in general you're you need to have an upbeat attitude about new <laughs> bourbon drinkers and what they want to drink and how they like to drink yeah. it. But at the same time, yeah. everyone's <laughs> allowed to have a pet peeve. I I agree. If someone comes up to me and says Wellers, I look like I'm transforming. Like I just <laughs> uh, there's I I can't handle it, man. Swan formers. Yeah, swan formers. There you go. I take flight instantly to the other side, <laughs> other side of the planet. Can't do it. Uh, anyway, I I want to wrap this up so we can get onto this review. We are it, we it's late. This is the latest we've ever recorded. Yeah, yeah, but this review will be quick because we know this. Product. We do, we do know this very well. But I I understand the frustration, but I do look forward to what the next year and and truly afterwards as well is going to do for this community. And I think overall it'll be good. Liquor sales are up. Everyone's enjoying bourbon. Uh, Liquor sales are always going to be on the uptick, even in bad times. Oh, I mean, but like a massive amount over the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I believe it. Massive amount. So anyway, I also want to say thank you all so much for listening and continuing to support us over the past year. I know it's not been easy for a lot of people, um, and... You know, not everybody's listening on their commutes. They're not downloading like they used to. It's fine. I know that you guys are still there. And we appreciate everybody who has continued to show their support for Timbip. You guys are awesome. You're the best. We always, always, always want to give credit where credit is due. And in this case, it's the listeners. And anybody who has shared the show and who has talked us up, even if you don't speak up or speak out, 
we know that you're there. We see that you're there. We really do appreciate you guys. You're the best. And I, I hope that you all stick around over the next year as well. We're about to hit four years in October uh, of the podcast, which is incredible. Um, and again, we're going to keep going as long as we can, man. That's yeah. it. That's it. So let's get that Knob Creek rolling, man. You want some of the Snob Creek single barrels? Is that I what do, you're talking about? I do want some of that Knob Creek. So how do you feel about the bottle? I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I And it's purely just because I didn't realize until today that they changed the bottle shape ever so slightly. But that it's is not going... not slight. Well, okay. Here's the thing. It's a little bit taller and a little bit skinnier. And it's got all these weird ridges in it now. But here's... It was just the, it was just the wax. It's fine. It's fine. You didn't break it. Put it back you on. didn't break it. Don't stop crying, Swan. No. <laughs> but it it has all these weird ridges on it, and it's just totally gonna mess up my cabinet now. I mean, if you need to bleep it out, you can. But it's ribbed for pleasure, Perry. <laughs> How many times have you heard that joke about this? It's been going around. That's the literal first time I've heard it. Really? I'm okay. not kidding. I'm I've not heard kidding. it plenty. Wow. But, I mean, it's, it's seriously, it's it's just, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan. Here's the thing. I honestly, I mean, so, again, I just picked, no, you don't have to, okay, whatever. I fixed it. I just, <laughs> I put the wax back on, here you go. I just picked this up today, again, and I didn't realize, I don't, I'm getting rid of the wax, that they had done this to the bottle. I saw it first on the Smoked Maple. I can't believe you've done this. The smoked maple came in like that, and I was just shocked. So, did it still say... Here's the one thing that really does aggravate me about this bottle. Okay. I'm mostly joking about the shape. It's fine. It doesn't really affect me one way or another. It's just going to be a little bit more of a pain trying to put it in my collection. Clearly, there's just one bottle that's being mass-produced, and then different labels are getting slapped on there. Yeah. It does have an embossed Knob Creek small batch on there. Yes. This is a single barrel... Stop trying to confuse people. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing nothing for your consumer other than confusing them. Yeah. Um, there was a point, too, where I'm pretty sure that Knob Creek... Hold on. Let's see if it's still on here. Yeah, okay. So this is something that they should have gotten rid of mm-hmm. with their, their single barrel label, but it does also say small batch on it. It does, yeah. This And that is so far from the truth. Yeah. If it said small batch on it, and it maybe said single barrel somewhere along there, that would be okay because a single barrel is the literal smallest batch that you can have. Yeah. A single barrel in and of itself, though, as as that is marketed, is not a small batch. It's the all bourbon is whiskey, but not all whiskey is bourbon thing. Yeah. All small batches... Wait, no. Doesn't matter. The point stands. It's annoying that they didn't... Put in the effort to change it is for such a large company and this is not a thing that is new to their labeling again it's been going on for years ever since i remember seeing knob creek single barrels on the shelves and it also said small batch and i was like i don't understand any of this i mean to irritate you even more when somebody does a pick of that it's still gonna have the nine on the side even if it's not a nine yeah it absolutely does yeah I, and, and and i'm just getting riled up this is great <laughs> It's way too late for me to be this. It would only be against the up. TTB rules, technically, I guess, if it said uh, it was a nine-year and somebody pulled like an eight-year, ten-month barrel. Because then it would really yeah. be against the TTB. Yeah. And I mean, th- there is the chance that this could be a ten-year-old barrel. It could be 12. It could be 13. I don't know. Yeah. It does drink more like it is a nine-year-old product. But 
at the same time, I mean, you've got to assume that they are following the TTV regulations in this case, and it is actually a nine-year-old single barrel. Yeah. That being said, what do you what do you think about this? So, I mean, after having so many picks, I'm very again, we're very familiar with these. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The the regular batch, the last time we got it, we said it was just kind of flat. Yeah. You mm-hmm. got one. Then we got another one that was actually really good from a liquor store from a drugstore. Um, and then we've got this one, and again I'm back to that just kind of flat. It's got a little bit of that peanuttiness. Yeah. A little I, caramel. That is what I think is the most indicative of how old this actually is. It doesn't it, have that leather that I look for on the older picks. Right. Yeah. Right. And I do think that the oak is present, but it's not dominant. Um, there's a kind of nice little creme brulee note that's tucked away in I there as well. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a lot of... That's doing a lot of the work for the sweetness on there. There's not really like a brighter note that might come from a a berry or something, but it it's just I don't want to say stock standard because that sounds negative. But it but, is though. But it, it is, is the stock standard product. It is. It's what you should be comparing picks to yeah. when you actually go to do a pick or when you pick a pickup from a store. Yeah, and if anyone is new, pick a lot in that sentence. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, and if anyone's new to hearing us talk about Knob Creek at all, you also have to realize we've said for years this is the best value in bourbon as far as flavor, profile, price, the whole nine. It's the best. So us comparing it to this, this is still a very good bourbon. Oh man, it also drinks phenomenally. Mm -hmm. It is. Ah, I can't speak, apparently. Packed full of flavor. It's very peanutty. It is. It's hot, too. I mean, it... it no? I'm not really getting a ton of hot, a heat. A ton of hot? Yeah, a ton of hot. A ton of heat. <laughs> I think that I just... I, I might have taken a bit more of a chew off of it. That's fair. Yeah, this so, one, when you chew it, it either opens up or it's just it's hot. Well, the first chew is hot. Yeah. Nine times out of ten. But the second one really does give you the depth of flavor. That's when it kind of starts getting latched onto your gums. Um, it's, I, I, here's, okay. I do agree with you. It is one of, if not the best values in bourbon. Mm-hmm. And I can't even remember who we were talking about this with. But like a, a desert island bourbon. If I can have one bourbon for the rest of my life and be satisfied, picks or not of this, I would be relatively happy. I would still lean towards Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. I would. Yeah. <laughs> I can't I can't deny it. But if you held a gun to my head, I could not tell you what batch. That's the problem. <laughs> Standard. I mean, on the I'm shelf. still C nine eighteen ride or die, boy, but yeah. you know. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I, I think I, I do agree with you. I think that there are some batches that are better than others with Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. Yeah. Um, it's rare that I get a bad pick of Knob Creek Single Barrel. That's true. Yeah. It I, is I tell people very far and few between. All the time. Few there's not a bad Knob Creek pick. There's just better Knob Creek picks. Yeah, absolutely. Even nine-year-old picks that have been coming out over the past year or so are still yeah. really, really good. Yeah. Bourbon Karma. <laughs> which we've raved about forever and ever and ever. I'm getting another bottle. 
You're getting another bottle of bourbon karma? <laughs> you got to talk to me about this off air. <laughs> oh, no, it's nothing big. I found Donnie a bottle he wanted. Donnie has a bottle for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sick. So just Donnie, that's fantastic. Good old, good old swap. Can I get a little bit of it? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, thank goodness. It's been so long since I've had any of that. Yeah. That is one of my all-time favorite Knob Creek picks. It is probably my favorite nine-year-old Knob Creek pick. I, yeah, no, Flat for out. sure. For sure. I have to agree with you on that. Yeah. I think that even the finish on this, it just is the perfect introduction to what you should be telling people a finish is like on a bourbon. Yes. Right? Especially higher proof. Because we've been talking, I mean, it's been, you know, a minute and a half, two minutes since I've had a sip. And the finish is still rolling for me. I'm still yeah. finding flavors. I'm still picking up on new notes, not new notes necessarily, but it's still very present. And mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know, that I do agree with you. This is an insanely good value on the market. And yeah. <clears throat> maybe people are starting to pick up on it a little bit. I don't know, <laughs> but either way, yeah, this is incredible, man. It is. Um, we do have a review system of nose, palate, finish, and price. Each category is out of five, and it's a final score out of 20. So I, I do also want to say, I know that this is a single barrel product, but usually Knob Creek single barrels are pretty universal. Yeah, the one that we had... That was flat. This one definitely opened up a little better as I sipped on it. It did. Uh, the, the one we had was flat. It was an anomaly. I got yeah, more. I have to agree. I got more uh, bad bottles of Henry McKenna 10 than I ever have of Knob Creek. Absolutely. Like, multiple times over. Yep. Absolutely. What would you give the nose on this one, Swanee? I'm going to give it a four. <sighs> I'm going to go slightly lower than you. I'm going to say a 3.75. Okay. It's got to be different. See how it is? It's not. No, no, no. It's not that at all. It's just that I I like the depth and the complexity. It's missing a little bit in there that could kind of bump it up some. And that's coming from the absence of a brighter note. But, uh, and and whether or not that's, you know, a a honey or a a berry or something like that, or even, you know, like an earthy fungal note in some ways. Yeah. I think that it's got a lot going for it. I'm just missing a hair on there that would that would bump it over that. That being said, though, the palate is a four all day long. See, I can't deny that. With the nose, I'm going to disagree a little bit with you because I feel like it deserves extra because it's not apologizing for being unsweet. That's fair. That's yeah. totally fair. That's that's that is Jim Beam's characteristic, man. <laughs> they're not they're not Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. Elijah Craig Barrel Proof is going to try to give you some baking spice and sweetness in there somewhere, give you a little bit of that cinnamon roll quality, and they're just like we're peanuts, we're a little bit harsh, and you just got to deal with it. F you. <laughs> yeah, and I, I love that. That's exactly what I want from it. It's doing it perfect. Yeah. Uh, palette, I get four and a half. That's fair, man. Four and that's a half fair. is fantastic. You do lean a little bit more towards the Knob Creek Jim Beam profile than I do. I do. In general. Yeah. But the reason I gave it a four and a half is the peanut note on this is crazy strong. It's very present. This is very, very much a bourbon that you could hand to somebody that's having issues deciphering stuff on the flavor wheel and say, this is Jim Beam, and it's 100% to the top. And by the way, this is not peanut butter. 
This is not peanut brittle. It is peanut. This is specifically the peanuts from Texas Roadhouse. Salted, roasted peanuts. <laughs> yeah. This is, this, like, I've said this so many times with these. This takes you directly to just eating a mountain of peanuts at Texas Roadhouse. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's just that kind of dry, salty, rickhousey kind it's of thing. It's very familiar. Yeah. It's very familiar. I would actually like to do a pairing sometime of this with just like dry roasted peanuts. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Salted roasted peanuts. I don't know. Finish? Uh, finish? I gave it three and a half. I think this is its worst quality. Yeah. It does get kind of dry and a little bit like filmy. Yes. Almost. Well, it's very tannic, so it's gonna. It is for sure. It's gonna dry, uh, dry your like mouth out almost. Like you feel like you almost need a drink, and sometimes it with that like heavy tannin and just the proof in general, uh, can make you feel like you need a drink of water almost to clear out just a tad bit of heartburn if it sits the wrong way in your chest. Yeah. Um. That being said, it's long. It's lingering. It's got a nice, slightly redeeming honey thing going on in the back. I mean, they, they've always got that, like, almost like a drip down your, your Oh, yeah, chest. for sure. And for it, sure. it just hangs out. And it's really good for practicing with pairings because when you have that Absolutely. super long finish, you can actually, you know, take some time, eat some chocolate, peanuts, whatever you want to have with it. And it, it pairs well because it's really sitting in your mouth still. The other good thing about this, too, is that the proof is a really good sweet spot for trying to figure out what proof you actually prefer. So, yeah. you know, if you want to add a couple of drops of water and that smooths it out for you, doesn't provide so much burn or heat, uh, you know, that that's <laughs> that's really good. It will hold up well in a cocktail. If you want to add a whole, like, ounce of water to it as well, it's still going to hold up, you know? Yeah. It's got a complexity to it, and it's really got a good, uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Flexibility as well. Yeah, actually. Well, look so. at this. You could you could either go buy uh, Jim Beam White Label um, and Jim Beam Black and Old Granddad One Fourteen and Jim Beam Single Barrel and Baker's and one of these <laughs> yeah. to see what proof point you like, or you could water this down to exactly. each one of those proofs exactly. and figure out what you want. Well, that's that's another reason why it would be one of my Desert Island bourbons, because I could add water to it and stretch it out over a longer period of time. You know what I'm saying, though? Like, <laughs> yeah. I could actually get more bang for my buck. Just like the idea of you putting, like, salt water in there and going, <laughs> man, this got briny. <laughs> Just... I don't know what happened, man. Yeah. What do you think, Krabby? <laughs> anyway, I'm going to give the finish a 3.5 as well. Yeah. Uh, price? Five. <laughs> Five. It's normally like forty-five dollars, forty-six ninety-nine. Yeah, um, hard not to give it a five, man. I, I mean, that that is such a a steal. It's such a bang for your buck. I really, really hope that this doesn't get uh, bumped up on uh, on regular MSRP anytime in the future. I I see them probably doing a small bump at some point, but I, I again five. Yeah, it's fantastic. Where it's I at. agree. I agree. So, all in all, I gave it a flat 15. No, wait, no, 15.25. Excuse me. 17. Yeah. I, I I know I gave it just a little bit lower than you did, uh, a couple points lower. It's still a highly, highly recommended product you for me. You are a bigger fan of Russell's. I am. For the same reason I'm a bigger fan of this. We just have different profiles. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, and again, I lean more Heaven Hill. I lean more Wild Turkey. 
I, I still absolutely love Knob Creek. I love the higher proof Jim Beam offerings, including Booker's, Baker's, the Candlestick Makers. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I, I just, if I had the $45 and I was debating on maybe paying a little bit extra for something else and there was an Elijah Craig barrel proof there, I would more than likely get it. Yeah, and see, I'm at the point now where I love Elijah Craig Barrel Proof, but unless I've had that batch and I know that I want to spend the extra money That's on it, fair. I would almost rather buy one and a half, technically, of these. I could almost get two if they were running a really good deal on that one and a terrible deal on the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. That is fair. That it's is just fair. personal preference. Yeah, absolutely. This is a fun episode. Yeah, man. I, I, I like doing topics every now and then and, you know, taking some time to reflect and deep dive and whatnot uh oh tips and bits tips and bits duh what do you have any uh i'm thinking (laughs) thinking right now (laughs) you asked me at the exact same time that i asked you so uh um (laughs) i've got one that says midsummer probably Mm. (laughs) i haven't watched it yet that uh florence pugh movie the florence pugh yeah it is you know, I do have a, a good one to, to recommend. Uh, three Chord. Try them again. Oh, if you absolutely. haven't had them in a while, there's going to be a lot of YouTubers here pretty soon that are going to be trying their products because I think they're doing another big media push with that Pinot Noir finish. Yeah. Uh, they're doing great stuff, man. Yeah, and Chad that and Sarah is, had a great live stream this week yeah, on it, too. They they are they are really doing good stuff. That rep came in, and I kid you not, she was so excited about letting us try her entire line that I think we tasted like six rye, five finishings, and like five bourbons. Uh, and I mean, all their stuff is good. They're, they're willing to admit that they know they have a lot of repetitive product uh, for you to taste when you go in. So they really want you to get a good range of product and offer you to even if you want to. Do a Pinot Noir finish and rum cask finish blend. Like they will oh, let you just, heck yes. yeah, you can just do whatever you want. Um, so I mean, it's it's really interesting. If you were on the fence uh, about trying some of their products, because the price point, I definitely recommend giving it a shot. Yeah. Um, still watching Criminal Minds. Got two more seasons. Oh my gosh. Yeah, just throw that in. Wow, you have really been dragging that out, haven't you? It's twenty six episodes, forty five minutes a piece, uh, and. There's 12 seasons, so oh no, I haven't been dragging it out. It's literally that long. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I have actually been, because I'm a big old nerd, watching uh, <laughs> Young Young Justice on okay. HBO Max. Yeah, uh, which was the it was kind of like the follow up to Teen Titans, but a little bit not edgier, I guess, but a little bit you know more teenager driven in a way yeah. where Teen Titans was kind of, I mean, it had its dark, dark moments, but it was much more like child oriented or youth oriented than, than young justice is. I got canceled after two seasons and then picked back up, picked back up, excuse me. Once I HBO max was launched. Yeah. Um, of all people, Jesse McCartney does the voice of Nightwing mm-hmm. or Robin. So good, man. He's so good. It also features my favorite Batman actor, aside from Kevin Conroy, Bruce Greenwood. (laughs) He's He's good. So good. He shouldn't be good. Pretty fantastic. It just, like, it upsets me sometimes that he's my favorite. But, like, he was so good in Under the Red Hood. I don't know if you've seen that one or not, but that's my favorite Batman movie, animated movie. Um, 
but he comes back and reprises that role. But anyway, Young Justice is so good. Um, we've got the Snyder Cut of Justice League coming out this week as well. Um, WandaVision was amazing. I, I want to do like a video or something on WandaVision. I feel like you need to have Don Nishida on if you're going to do that. I We have a whole like, are you part of the nerd chat group? No, I can't keep up with that. Yeah, man. see, that's that's fine. But like, there are a lot of people in that group that we could have a really good conversation about uh, WandaVision for. So it'd be funny to do like a Tim Bip Nerd spinoff podcast where, yeah. you know, once a month we talk about nerdy stuff. And man, th- this is like a really good time to be a comic book nerd. It is. There's so many outlets. Yeah. And like, like I said, WandaVision was amazing. Snyder Cut of Justice League is coming out this week. The first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to be on Disney Plus as well. I'm just so excited. There's a new uh, Star Wars series coming out on Disney Plus. There's so much good stuff. Yep. Oh, I don't want to get rid of any streaming services. Anyway, that's it for this week. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, thank you, Swan, for being here this week. I, you'll be back next week, right? Yeah, I hope so. I hope so, too. Uh, yeah. Where can people find you on social media? I'm Swan TBF on Instagram. And I, that's it. Uh, that's I always it. Forget. I, yeah. I always forget. That's a short one for me. <laughs> I'm at Theoretor1492 on all social media channels. I said all weird there. It doesn't matter. Uh, you can find the show itself at my bourbon pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can leave us a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcatcher app, and we'll read it out here on the show. I don't know if everybody listens to this far into the episode, but I'm telling you, we do it, okay? Go back and listen to some other episodes. Sounds like I'm holding a gun to the microphone as well, but I'm not. He's not. Can you confirm? It's a, it's a knife, actually. I'm more of a knife guy. Be careful. You got a pop filter, buddy. <laughs> that's that's why I have the pop filter. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. All right. You can find all of our apparel and merchandise at bourbonshop.threadless.com, except for our Glencairns, which are available at whiskeyambitions.com. Uh, those are the This Is My Bourbon Drinking Glass Glencairns. They are awesome. I was drinking out of mine tonight during the review. They're super, super cool. And uh, like we said at the top of the show, we are about 20 left in stock. So go and get those before round two comes out. And maybe, maybe actually, round two might be a different design. Yeah. And then the third wave will be another. I'm just kidding. I don't know what the third wave is going to be. Uh, so, yeah, whiskeyemissions.com. I go live every Thursday night on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash this is my bourbon podcast. Lots of fun stuff happening over there. Uh, let's see. Barrel Rings, which is our infrequent call in segment, 859 428 8253. You leave us a voicemail and listen to it here on the show. And then, last but not least, Patreon.com slash podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can help become a supporter of the show, and we appreciate everybody over there. For five bucks a month, you get all of our exclusive backlogged content, like the pregame chats and the last call. I know that I'm super behind on last call for the past few weeks. We'll do something with it here this week. I promise, I promise, I promise. Uh, let's give a little shout-out to one of our new patrons, Swan. If you would like to do that, this Patreon loads for me. Uh, we have had a few new patrons come up over the past few weeks. I do believe we thanked a couple of them. Uh, but we would also like to thank Matt, 
who joined at the $5 tier, and Adam Dorman, who also joined at the $5 tier. So they are getting all that backlogged content, and we really, really appreciate you guys for hopping on there. Yeah, join them, get all the content, all the community, and that's it. Absolutely. Thank you all so much for listening, as you always do. We'll see you next week. Anything else, Juan? Let's say goodbye? No, no, I'm... Oh, yeah, bye. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah bye. No, wait, that's not how we end things. Usually you talk. Yeah, I know, I do. I just, yeah. I forgot how to get it. doesn't matter. We'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Perry. And I'm Swan. And this is my Bourbon Podcast. <laughs>